Welcome to the Afikra podcast. Today we're featuring a conversation between me, Mikey Mahenna, and our special guest, Hamad Zakaria. Hamad's a photographer and a skating enthusiast who has built skateboard companies and skate parks all around the world. This episode was originally recorded on July 28th, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Welcome, everybody. Um, I'm really excited about our conversation with Hamad Zakaria today. Um, as a kid who grew up skating, uh, I've been waiting to do a skateboard culture event <laughs> on Africa for a long time, so I'm really excited about this. Muhammad is a photographer. He's the founder of Philadelphia Skateboards and the co-founder of Seven Hills Skate Park in Amman. Welcome, Muhammad, to Africa Conversations. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, I guess the easiest way to start would be a little biographical. Um, can you sort of walk us through where you grew up, how you became interested in skateboarding, and when you first started skating? Okay, this is... Uh, okay, uh, so I, I was born in Doha, Qatar, and this is where uh, I grew up for a little bit, and then we moved uh, to Amman. But then uh, the story of uh, me and skateboarding goes back to Doha, and on my 10th birthday, um, I got a skateboard as a gift and um, as a birth birthday present. And, sen- and so ever since, I've, I've, I've always had this in- interest in skateboarding, but I uh, never really knew what to do. And so by the age of 16, we got the internet and I found out you can do tricks. And yeah. from there, I was like, yeah, that's it, man. This is what I want to do. And, and from there, like things just uh, started happening. Were you, so I think we're about the same age. So that means like mid nineties, you realize, or late nineties, you realize, okay, great. Um, there are such things as skaters and there is a skateboard culture and I can ollie and I can do that. But were you just practicing in your driveway, so to speak? Um, yeah, yeah. This is how it started actually. Like every, uh, I remember that I used to buy uh, a skateboard like every couple of years like before I even knew there was, I was able to do tricks with it. I was just yeah. like buy a skateboard and just like, you know, go around with it in, in my backyard or uh, on the streets. And like, you know, some kids would have bikes, I would have a skateboard. Um, and then by the age of 16, when I found out you can do tricks, um, that was like, uh, that was like a mind opening experience, man. It's like, whoa, you can do all this stuff yeah. with, the, with the skateboard. And so I started skating in, uh, in our garage in Amman. We had, uh, I was living in an apartment building and we had a garage and I used to skate there. And of course the neighbors weren't very happy. Uh, but then I used to skate uh, all by myself back in the day. And you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it is an individual sport, but then you do need like people around you to, to skate. Yeah. So it's not really that individual. I mean, like, you know, being in a crew is a big part of skateboarding. And so I was really desperate to, to find people to skate with. And I, what, what I used to do is to go on like uh, chat rooms uh, and have like nicknames related to skateboarding. IRC? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we had uh, IRC, you had IRC as well? You're on IRC? Yeah, that's how I found my skaters in Cyprus. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. So I had like I had nicknames related to skateboarding. Just <laughs> someone would notice, and uh, and then and then it happened. Like uh, someone got in touch with me. He's like, "Yo, man, do you skate? I skate as well." Um, of course, at that point, you know, none of us really skated. You know, yeah. Um, and so we met up, and then we started skating in his backyard. Um, and then afterwards, we started like you know moving out into the city and looking for for street spots. 
And from there, we found, um, actually, there were, there's like the main spot in Amman is Shara uh, Fakafi, Culture Street. And, um, and back in the day, like when I first started skating, it wasn't there. And so we used to go to like Burger King to, to skate in the, in the parking lot of Burger King. They built Shara Fakafi, which is like, you know, a huge thing for us. Uh, it still is, actually. It's like, you know, a big marble, pla- like a big pedestrian plaza. It was like, you know, fully all, everything marble. You had benches, you had stairs, you had uh, ledges, you had everything you can ask for. And yeah. so we started skating there. And um, slowly there was like, a, you know, people started noticing skaters uh, there. And then suddenly there was like a bunch, you know, at one point it was like, you know, at any given day you would go to Shara Thakafi, there would be 20 skaters there uh, after I think a year or two. This is in the early 2000s at this point? Uh, I would say 2003, I think. You know, it's, it, it, was, it was right after the Iraq war uh, that a lot of the expats okay. moved to Amman. Um, and from there, there was like uh, uh, an ex, a small expat slash local uh, skate community. And then from there, uh, more and more kids joined. And then there was also the, the, there was a Red Bull competition that happened that also helped the skate scene get together. Uh, it was it was a skateboarding scene. Uh, it was a skateboarding competition, and uh, and from there it just you know it just happened. The skate scene just happened there. Inshallah, Fakafu. Yeah. So I want to talk. So I was reading this paper about you, right? And it, it, I'm going to quote the paper. It said, according to Muhammad, the understanding of nonconformity among the skaters was radically different from that of the public. The public disdain for skateboarding was seen as a result of incomprehension and ignorance that equated nonconformity with vandalism and nuisance. So, <laughs> which article is that? There's there's a there's some uh, like academic paper about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then it's, it continues to say, on the other hand, Amman skaters primarily saw their nonconformity in pursuing an unconventional creative activity that differentiated themselves from a uniform mass. Were you aware of that at the time? Were you aware of that we're a bunch of misfits from all over Jordan, um, sort of these outcasts, and this is a way for us to create a subculture? Was that, did it feel like that at the time? Not really. It was just like, you know, we just want to skate, man. Um, And there was no, like, there was no agenda at all, like, behind anything we were doing. It was just like a group of, of kids who had nothing to do and then, they found this perfect place to do something they love to do. And so it kind of, yeah. it kind of, you know, organically happened. We really didn't have an idea about what was going on at the time. And you know, the thing is like thinking back, back on it, um, you know, Amman is, is, you know, back in the day, it was really, uh, there wasn't much to do. If you're like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a young boy, there's, you know, or a girl, you know, if, if you're young, there's not much activities that are happening in Amman. It's kind of, it was kind of a boring city. And so, uh, you know, having skateboarding for me at the time was really a lifesaver because otherwise, I don't know what I would be doing. Um, and so, yeah. it was, I mean, of course, I, I, see, I see the point of like the non-conformity for looking at it from like uh, an outsider's perspective. Uh, it's like, you know, a, bun- a bunch of kids, you know, who are skating Sharaf Thakafe and it, uh, it's really not making any sense. You know, you're throwing yourself down like you know, sets of stairs and you're like, you're hurting yourself and like, what are you doing, man? Like the other day I was, I was skating with my friends and I tried to have that look on like skaters, like, you know, they, skaters do seem crazy and like, you know, why, why would you hurt yourself so much to, to land a trick? 
Um, so I, I get the point for looking at it from an outsider's point of view, but then once you're like uh, inside of skateboarding, it's really, uh, it's really interesting, man. It's really interesting to observe the, uh, well, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of politics actually that goes on like w- between the skaters themselves and the space, uh, yeah. and, um, and and the way also the the space is is uh, redeveloped and reshaped through skateboarding. You see, like the whole city is if you skate, the whole city is turned into something else, like the pavements and and like yeah. the, the handrails and and everything is transformed into something that carries uh, potentiality for uh, something yeah. that wasn't intended for in the first place so for example if you look at a bench you know it's designed for people to sit on it but then skateboarding comes and it's like no let's let's uh, invent a new a new use for this bench and so from there on like you if you if you take this philosophy and then you apply it to the entire city it, it's like it's really an uh, it's it's an endless um, yeah it's an endless uh, uh, potentiality everywhere really did you in the early 2000s like i knew i know in lebanon and in cyprus there was a huge resistance, public resistance to to skating, right? Um, it wasn't it wasn't great. There wasn't like urban planners saying, "Oh my God, how do we cultivate more of this?" Right? There, there wasn't a public discourse saying, "Oh, there's this is this free outlet of creativity and activity and athleticism that we should embrace." Um, was it the same in Amman as well, or was it? I mean, you know, I think did people embrace it? We had a lot of problems with uh, with many groups of people. So first of all, you have the the, the architects and the engineers of, of Culture Street, and of course they weren't happy about us. You know, from their perspective, we were destroying the place because we were skating the benches and the stairs and stuff like that. So that's one group that wasn't very happy with us. Yeah. Uh, and there was the the actual users of the space who also were like. Uh, I mean, some of them were intrigued by, by what we were doing, but then some of them saw it as uh, maybe uh, a foreign thing that's being brought into uh, uh, a, a Jordanian context, and so maybe they had to, to, to battle it a little bit. Uh, but then, um, you know, having nowhere else to go, we just kept, kept coming back, and so eventually people accepted it. And even the engineers, like, they had no other choice. I mean, we were going to keep coming back. Like we'd always get kicked out and then we'd come back the next day because what else are we going to do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, I want to skip ahead a little bit a few years later. Um, because one of the biggest frustrations of any young skater is that your boards break and you can't get gear and you can't get shoes, especially skaters from the third world and developing world pre-internet. Ooh. You're constantly ripping up your shoes. You're constantly breaking your your boards. Your trucks are messed up. You need new wheels. You need new bearings, and it's a pain in the ass to get all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So in 2000, I guess 2009, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 2009, you decide to create um, Philly skateboards, Philadelphia skateboards, um, and its claim to fame is if i remember is that you wanted to manufacture the full board in jordan the first skateboard company to manufacture in the arab world is that right not really Uh, i mean the the idea was to create like an an arab skate brand um at the time of course we uh, uh, the idea is there to manufacture locally but then um it's a challenge because you have to learn all these techniques and stuff like that so to kick off to kickstart the brand um we had to manufacture in in canada which is because also like one of the things um 
from back in the day is that if you had an Arabic brand, people already have this um, uh, distrust in it. It's like, oh, is it going to be good quality? I don't know and stuff like that. And so uh, I opted for the choice of, of manufacturing in Canada, which is like, you know, the best. Uh, so skateboards are made of, of maple and, and the best source of maple um, in the world is Canada. And so we thought uh, I want to go for a quality, uh, quality wood and, and manufacture quality skateboards in order to, to make... Uh, you know, to create a solid brand. Um, and then from there, once we, we got to a point where we we're able to uh, have a little R&D and like develop uh, boards locally. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't got to that point yet. Um, but the idea is there. But, but uh, initially, the idea was to start an Arabic skateboard brand uh, with really high quality. And like, um, uh, I would work with uh, local artists, Jordanian artists or Arab artists, and then have uh, uh, graphics that are... Um, somewhat uh, from from the region you know from the arab world like you know uh, uh, you know that that would speak to the identity of of the arab skaters yeah and, uh, and it was really cool man like the way we started we started in 2009 the, the, that was the first shipment that came to jordan straight ahead like the first shipment we got uh that we had orders in beirut uh and then this the, the second shipment we got we got orders in beirut and in um in dubai and then from there, we went to, to Egypt and Morocco. And so it was really cool the way that the skate scene kind of embraced this, the skate brand. Uh, and it's and like, you know, because, of, because it's, a, it's kind of a small skate scene, uh, back in the day, it, it was really, the word spread out really quickly. Um, and, uh, and, and the product was, uh, you know, accepted and, and supported. And the brand was supported, really. And it, it's, really, it's really cool to see uh, people uh, skating your brand, you know, aboard UK. So when I when I was reading about you, and I think you mentioned this the first time we met, um, you had brand, you had sort of sponsored writers, right? You had brand writers mm. who were um, Arab and European as well. Walk me through that process. Uh, why did you? You know, is that an essential first step? You make the board, you make the brand, and mm. then hopefully, is that how it works? Yeah, and then so you make the board, you make the brand, and then you kind of have a team to uh, to spread to spread the word about the brand because also yeah. at the end you need content and, and yeah. you know, what other content that you need for like a skate company it's, a, it's you know skate content and so we started sponsoring guys from um, we had uh, Mark Isa from Beirut, uh, Maisam who's Syrian living in in Dubai. There was Evan and there was like um, Safe and Ahmed Sahili in uh, in Jordan. Um, yeah. And so the idea was to 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 kind of um, you know um, build like a really cool uh, skate team uh, from the region who grew up skating in in uh, in the region to support mm -hmm. this uh, local brand, you know, regional brand maybe, not local. So, um, which brings me to the last thing, the sort of last, uh, or not last thing, but the next thing I want to talk about, which was eventually you decide not to be skating at Burger King and you decide to create a place, right? Mm. Um, subcultures need spaces, right? They need spaces to actually um, thrive. They need roots. Um, walk me through, before you walk me through the background on Seven Hills, I think it might be worthwhile to play a little bit of the, um, the trailer. So this is a documentary about Seven Hills before we start talking about it. I don't like labels. I think if you label something, you're limited. 
you build walls around it and then that's simple, this is what you are. You're here temporarily, you're supposed to go back home, but if you say, you know, your people, then that's a greater understanding of, of, uh, of people, I think. They were living home, they were like, they were leading happy lives and then wars, wars happen and they find themselves in like, in a place where they, I either move or like, I die. أنا اسمي إيهاب من السودان لقد أعطينا هنا لجوء لجوء That was like the only option for them you, you, you need to think about it that way like if you were in their position what would you do? Would you like stay in your place or would you like try to save your family and your kids and like try to lead a better life? So walk us through a little bit why you decided to start Seven Hills how you even got this idea Hmm. So, so, you know, as, as a community of skateboarders in Amman, there was always this idea that, you know, we need a skate park, man, we need a skate park, we need a skate park. Even though we had Seven Hill, uh, we had uh, Culture Street, there was still a need for, like, uh, a skate park, you know, uh, because, you know, uh, you can go so far with, with uh, Culture Street in terms of, like, building the community, but if you have um, a, a, a space for, for the for the community, then it's going to be much easier for people to join. It's going to be much easier. Um, it's, it's just, uh, you know, better. A be it's, it's just much better to have like a dedicated place for, for sure. Uh, and so we always had that idea of, uh, of, of having a skate park in Amman, and we've always discussed it internally between, between, you know, the, the, the skaters, uh, until one day I got, um, um, there was this, this NGO called Make Life Skate Life. It's a German NGO. And what they do is that they go to um, different countries and they build skate parks uh, in the places that need it. And so they hit me up and they're like, you know, yo, man, we're, um, we're interested in, in making a skate park in Amman. Uh, and of course, like, you know, I get really excited about the idea. And then we, we collaborate. Uh, and then what we did is that we approached the, the city of Amman and we said, uh, okay, you have a bunch of, of public spaces that are basically dead spaces. So what we're going to do is like take over one of these public spaces, uh, raise the money ourselves, uh, build a skate park, um, and then um, donate the park back to the city. Amazing. Of course, uh, the city got excited about it. I mean, at the beginning, they like they had no idea what skateboarding was, or or I mean, they had like a vague idea of like what skateboarding is, but um, we kind of. Um, it's it's tricky because uh, they don't know much about skateboarding. But then, how do you do, um, how do you convince them of having the skate park built? But then again, you you take the route of like, look, you're gonna have like free infrastructure, and uh, in, in a yeah. place in a dead area. So you know why not? And then you you play uh, you play along the politics of uh, you know of the municipality and all the bureaucracy and stuff like that. Uh, so the city got excited and then we got the approvals on it. Uh, and so after that, we had the idea of like, how do we raise money for the project? Um, I remember we needed $18,500 uh, to build uh, a 300 square meter skate park. Uh, and so the, the, there was a discussion b between uh, myself and, and the guys from Make Life Skate Life is like, how do we go about raising the money? And so the, initially there was the idea of... Um, of having like corporate sponsorship for the for the park, uh, the guys had done it before in India and Bolivia through uh, uh, they got the corporate sponsor to build a park, and so that was the initial idea. So we're like, so we approached corporate sponsors, and unfortunately, or fortunately, actually, they weren't really interested uh, in the project because there wasn't uh, it, isn't it, it isn't a big market for them in Jordan. 
Um, and so yeah. we decided to take the, the grassroots approach and, and then we, we created the, um, um, a crowdfunding campaign online. Initially, we were asking for eighteen thousand five hundred dollars. Uh, we were we were able to raise twenty three thousand um, dollars, and it's it was it was really um, um, yeah, it was really a, a, a it was a moment for me, man. Uh, yeah, it must have been emotional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, all my life, I was I was skating in Jordan. I was uh, um, I we, you know you don't have that much support, uh, and, and then for us to go. Um, on, on the on the internet and then ask for eighteen thousand dollars, which for me was like a lot of money back in the day, and like I was really skeptical about it working. But then, you know, the skate community globally came together, and you like you, we, we were seeing like photos of kids in Denmark donating for like a skate park they're never gonna skate, um, and, and then like people from everywhere in the world were donating for the for the skate park, and it was it was a really emotional time for me. And so we we raised we were able to raise the money, and then. Um, we had volunteers come over, uh, vol volunteer skate park builders and the professional skate park builders that came to Amman. Uh, yeah. And also like, they also paid for their own flight, they paid for um, everything. So it was like, you know, they're just doing it for the, for the love of it. This and is like, this is what Make Life, Skate Life does, right? They go to Sudan, they go to Palestine, they go yeah. everywhere and they build yeah. these parks. Um, I mean, they did, uh, so I'll, I'll get to that um, in a minute about Make Life, Skate Life. And so, and so we got like a group of 18 volunteers, um, mostly from Europe, some from the States. Um, so they came to Amman, we built the skate park. And the cool thing about the construction is that it wasn't like a fenced off uh, construction. Yeah. Uh, so the park was um, right next to a public school. And so the kids, whenever they're out of the school, they would come to the construction site and help us uh, with the construction. Um, the local community was really involved. Like I remember the the, the imam and the, um, from the mosque and then the people at the mosque came by one Friday and they they gave sweets out to everyone just for like to thank them for like building this uh, this thing. And like it's really interesting to see because the local community also didn't know what a skate park was. Uh, but as, like when you when they ask you like what it is and then you explain it to them and then the next question is usually is like okay how much is is it gonna cost for us to to come in and then when you say it's free everyone is like wow what are you talking about man and then that yeah. kind of this really cool community vibe but but not only that like I mean the the kids in in downtown Amman really have they don't have much to do and so having this construct construction site happen in their local park was really a big thing and then you know having these you know, group of 18 foreigners that are coming to their park for the first, you know, I was like yeah. really interesting times for them. Uh, and so it's really cool to see the local community's involvement. And, and also like the families would send us food like for, for lunch. Um, the local community was really, really involved. And that helped later on because uh, as we learned is that it gave local ownership over the space. So for sure, well, the families and the kids felt like they owned the space. It's not like Can something... You for the people on the call who are not from Amman, can you describe what the community is, where it is, Amman, uh, what neighborhood it is? So it's it's in downtown Amman. So the, the selection of the park was um, in the center of the city, kind of. Uh, and the reason we selected the space is because it's easily accessible from east and west Amman. Like if you've ever been to Amman, Amman is a very hilly city. Uh, and so it, it's kind of easy if you're on a skateboard or like on... Um, on, on like wheels, like it's easy to get to downtown. Uh, but there's also like this issue of, of class also within Amman, like you have East Amman and you have West Amman and West Amman is like the, the richer areas and then East Amman is the, is the poorer areas. And then downtown Amman is like in the middle of, of both East and West. 
Uh, and that, that really helped later on because, you know, the diversity that you see now in the park is really something that you don't see anywhere else. Like you have, you know, kids who are uh, from downtown Amman and, and kids who are from uh, East Amman, skating with kids from West Amman, skating yeah. with kids from Sudan, from Yemen, from... It's a, it's a really, uh, like for me, that, that public space of the skate park um, really shows the fabric of the city. You know, yeah, it was... Mm. You said something to me once, and it really changed, opened my eyes. Once upon a time, you said to me that uh, Amman is the most um, multicultural Arab city in the world. Um, <laughs> because there are so many uh, refugees and displaced or migrant folks or from so many Arab countries, Arabic-speaking countries. Mm. And I remember you were saying there's, there's tons of Iraqis and Palestinians and Syrians and Lebanese and Sudanese and Egyptians and Iraqis and Yemenis. And, and, our, and it struck me as I'd never thought of that, but is that still true? Is it? I mean, the thing is, like, it's true, uh, though you don't see it really in, this, in, in the city itself. Because, like, again, yeah. like, the city is kind of segregated by class, kind of. Yeah. Uh, you have West Amman and then you have East Amman. And there's no common spaces in between that kind of host both... Uh, East and West Amman. Uh, and so yeah. really, the, the classes are really not mixing. And, and I think there's like a huge classism problem in the city. Uh, and, and, and from my point of view, I think it's the issue of public space in the city. Like the lack yeah. of places in Amman is really a contributing issue uh, to the classism in the city. But so you go to the park and then, so first of all, it's, a, it's, a, it's in downtown Amman. So it's easily accessible from East and West. Um, it's free and then uh, and so uh, you don't have to have money to come to the park and skate like we have a loaner program so basically what we do is we bring out uh, all the skateboards that we have and then anyone can come and use it for free and so you don't have to dress in a certain way you don't have there's no agendas at all in the public space and so uh, and, 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 and the thing is like skateboarding is uh, very trendy now and so a lot of the, the youngsters are really into skateboarding and so the park is kind of being this cool spot to hang and so um, having these kids from downtown Amman and from Jabal Amman and from um, Saifi and Jabal Taj and, and all that stuff and having them in the park and then the, you have the, the, the kids who are coming from West Amman and they're coming to the park and they're both skating together and they're falling together yeah. and they're laughing together and that's kind of like melting all this classist uh, you know, bullshit that we have in the city. Uh, and, then, and then you see um, it's, it's really the, the, the fabric of the city is really manifested in the park. Like, like, like you mentioned, you know, you have kids from uh, Jordan, Palestine, Iraq, uh, Syria, um, uh, Yemen, Somal, Sudan, um, the kids who are like, oh, we also have like a big migrant community, like kids who are uh, from uh, Egypt and then uh, from Sri Lanka and, and uh, you know, all these ethnicities and like everyone is mingling in the park and it's really interesting to see the fabric of the city manifested in this very simple uh, space, you know? And what's really yeah, interesting, if, if you want to compare it, if you want to compare the skate park to, to Shara al-Thakafi, uh, so the kids that used to come to Shara al-Thakafi are like, uh, kids from like the the upper socioeconomic scale because uh, you know they are these are kids who are uh, were exposed to the um, to the Western lifestyle and then and that's how they know about skateboarding. But and then they can buy a board, yeah, and they can buy the board. And then having a skate park that looks like a skate park and you know once you see it you're like oh this must be something for skateboarding. 
the kids that are coming to the park are kind of on the lower socioeconomic scale who are really interested in, in skateboarding. And so this is a really interesting dynamic that I, and uh, my friend actually pointed it out to me. Yeah. Um, before we move to the questions, I want to talk briefly about one of the elements of skateboarding and skateboard culture that I adore, which is photography. You are a, a professional photographer, um, and there's always, every single skate community in the world, there is always the photographer, right? <laughs> and finally, I just realized that, you know Jonah Hill, the actor, the director? Yeah, so he, I watched an interview and he was like, yeah, I, I was a huge skater growing up, but I was always the guy with the camera. And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> so can you just sort of walk us through um, some of your photography and how it intersects with, um, you know, mm -hmm. understanding society, um, uh, explain it sort of your view on society and your view on skateboard culture, and then we'll get to the quick fire questions. Um, okay, so I started photography, so I started as, um, as um, I tried to be a filmmaker. Um, I was really interested in videography and stuff like that, but then um, my friend uh, who was also skating with me in Sharat back in the day, uh, like he bought a film camera and he's like, yo man, you need to buy this, this you know, you need to get on, on, on this film stuff. Uh, and so I bought my first film camera and, and from there I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, and, and then, and it's also, you know, I'm, I'm super lazy, so it's much easier than, than video, taking photos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that got me into photography. And um, uh, I, I used to um, not take it very seriously. Like, I used to just shoot photos around and, like, walk, walk around the city and, and, and shoot photos and, and explore. And it's kind of like, if you think about it, it's kind of the same as skateboarding. Because if you go, uh, if you skate, if you skate street, it's mainly about going around the city and finding new spots to skate and new challenges. And um, yeah. by that, you kind of like create new meanings for the objects that you find in the city. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like a handrail is not a handrail anymore. It's, it's uh, like this, this, this uh, brilliant uh, professor who writes about it. And it's, uh, he was talking about the handrail and like uh, how the architectural elements are, are like the logic of these elements are flipped. Like the handrail is an object of safety, but through skateboarding, it becomes an object of risk. And so yeah, for sure. logic is really flipped. And so through that, um, it, through that, like uh, I kind of like adopted the same um, mentality with my photography. Like I would walk around the city trying to kind of find stuff, really find compositions. I was, I wasn't really, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have like a solid idea of what, what it is I want to find. I just knew uh, I was looking for something. And then once I found it, I will know what it is. Yeah, sure. it's, yeah, they both have this, like, I mean, quite literally in the photography, you're capturing something, but in skating, you're also trying to capture, right? You're capturing this moment of success and recapturing these, these and reimagining the possibilities of these obstacles. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you, you look at a city completely different. Like you notice the slope of streets, you notice the, how, you know, how um, fucked up a road is. Yeah. Um, all right, let's... And it's the same thing with the camera, really. Like, it changes the way you look at things, kind of. Yeah. You know? It kind of gives you, like, it lends you a new eye. Yeah. All right, let's do some of the quick, uh, quick Q&As, and then we will jump to the chat with everybody. Yeah. So, what are you reading or watching right now? Um, I'm, I'm getting lost on the YouTube world. Um, I'm, like, during quarantine, I actually started... Um, 
I picked up a new hobby. Hobby. Um, I started uh, playing the trumpet. Um, no way! It's terrible. Uh, it sounds like a dead elephant is is in my apartment. Uh, but according to my neighbor, I'm getting better. So I'm watching like um, music uh, music theory stuff and uh, like trying to learn about music. Nice. That's awesome. I'm I'm watching I'm watching a lot of news actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Who would you love to shadow for a day, past or present? That's a good question. Um, I would say this uh, this jazz guy, uh, Yusuf Latif. Have you heard of him? No, Yusuf Latif. No, super good. He's I think he's from Detroit, uh, but the way he plays is uh, yeah, it's incredible. I I would like to uh, to see what's on his mind. To have a chat. Okay, nice. Okay, what do you uh, what do most people misunderstand or what do people most misunderstand about your work or your line of work? Um that's an interesting question. Misunderstand about my work. Um so in terms of Seven Hills like people kind of view it um very basically um it's it's just like okay, you know, children children playing. Um but then within that there's like yeah so many layers that you can go deep uh, into like, you know, yeah, like in, in the public space. There's, there's a lot that you can go into and it's, it's especially hard to convince like uh, officials about this idea. I think, yeah, for sure. That's, uh, that's what I would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, whose work do you admire or are inspired by? Um, hmm. There's a lot, man. Too many to name. Everything, okay. everything really inspiring. I mean, if you look at it, yeah, everything you can get inspired from. Tep, throw us a name so that we can uh, look them up and uh, learn about them. Um, okay, there's this guy who did this film. Um, it was also about like public spaces in in uh, New York. Um, I forgot the name of the guy, but I can send I can send the film on the chat. And it's really, really interesting. It's super cool. Like, I, like this was my like uh, recent, most recent uh, inspiration. Um, in terms of photography, there's there's really a lot. Escape, like all okay. man, everyone is good nowadays. Like if you go on yeah. Instagram, everyone is, is like killing it with like photography and skateboarding and yeah, so much going on. Amazing. Um, Okay, cool. Let's uh, jump over to the Q and A. Um, Jude, if you want to unmute yourself, you can ask your question. Um, thanks, Carmen, for the talk. Seven Hills sounds like really a gem of a space, and uh, I can't wait to visit it one day. Um, my question: I was just wondering why you called your uh, company or the brand Philadelphia. That's a good question. Uh, well, Philadelphia was the name of a man uh, in the Roman times, and it means uh, brotherly love. And so we thought it was a perfect, you know, perfect name for, uh, for a skate company. That is so cool. I didn't know. Yeah. So it's, it's inspired by Amman. Um, Nicholas, you're up. This is an awesome way for me to start a morning. So thank you. Um, you've done a lot of different things from photography to the skating to the skate park and all of that. I wanted to know what your future plans are moving forward. Given that you've touched all these things, do you have plans? Um, I'm kind of, um, I don't really have plans. Like I have a general idea of, of where I want to go personally and with work. 
Um, so like for Seven Hills, like we kind of have, so Seven Hills is in within this uh, public space that's 4,000 square meters big. We're only using 700, 650 square meters out of it. And so the idea for the park, I mean, we're now shifting our, our, our focus on the, on the public space itself. Um, and so we want to develop this public space in a way where it's like a community developed space and like any kind of small community can come in and like build their own stuff. And then we want to create this um, uh, replicability of, of the model to other, other, um, other parks in the city and like kind of like create this idea of like uh, the, the DIY movement, you know, if you want something done, just do it yourself. Uh, and so this is in terms of like Seven Hills, in terms of me personally, man, um, Every I find like myself every couple of couple of years, every three years, I'm like, you know, changing paths. Like I started with like I started as a as a software engineer actually, and then I switched to like filmmaking and then photography, and now I'm doing like this public space stuff. I really don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I wish I wish I had the question. It's kind of scary actually now that I'm a, I'm I'm 34 and I have no idea what's what's gonna happen soon, but I'm enjoying it. Well, you're doing the right thing, so you know, kick Thank butt you. at whatever. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Nicholas. Thank you, Zakaria, for uh, it's always interesting, you know, to see people who are building such spaces in Amman. Thank you very much. Actually, that there's so little of them. Mm. Um, so I was wondering if you felt like there's been a change in Amman um, over like the generations now that there's a more digital generation that's more focused on you know, playing with their iPads and tablets and stuff. Have you, have you noticed any change with kids or other age groups? Are they still willing to go outdoors and skate or, you know, just play outside? Has it impacted the park in any way as well? Um, not necessarily. Um, so, so the kids that are coming to the park are, are more of, so the usual users, let's say, of, of the skate park are kids who come from, uh, let's say, downtown, downtown, uh, mm -hmm. And, and these areas. So it's more of on the lower socioeconomic scale. And so they don't really have the buying power to really get into like, uh, you know, new phones and, and iPhones and tablets and stuff like that. And that's giving the, giving them the, the advantage of, uh, of having the, the park, you know, and so they go out and explore stuff. Um, having said that, like a lot of the kids also that come to the park are, are still influenced by like the video games and stuff like that. And we've had like a couple of kids who stop skating just because they want to play video games. Mm. Uh, but then again, it, they seem to have to come back all the time. Uh, Deborah. Hi, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, my question is, um, how has the space changed at all, if at all, um, from the virus? Um, I'm very interested in public spaces, and at least here where we are, changed a lot. Who will come, uh, what they do when they're there, how long they stay, etc. So I'm wondering if, if there's been a change or... Yeah. So, so we, had, uh, we had a pretty strict lockdown for about um, two or three months, I don't really remember. Uh, but Jordan is doing pretty well in terms of, of the, the number of cases. Like, I, I, I don't think, I think we haven't had cases in, in seven days. And then once, when, when we do have cases, like one or two cases every day. And so the country is kind of coming back into like the, the usual business. And so the park is kind of uh, being very active again. Um, with the skate program, we're taking the, like, the proper measures with like, you know, the social distancing and no sharing of skateboards and stuff like that, which is also like uh, something that's uh, against what we usually do because we usually, 
I mean, the thing about a scarcity uh, of, of resources that we have in the parks, so for example, we only have 10 skateboards. And so we always ask the kids to share. And that's kind of like um, helping the kids um, understand that they all have the right to the space and the right to the skateboards. Uh, now we are like asking them not to share. And so it's confusing them a little bit. <laughs> yes, ex exactly. Some of what we have to do now is really counter to to sharing and community. So thank you for answering that. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Deborah. Um, thanks, guys. If there aren't any other questions, um, I'll ask a, one last question, um, which is, where do you sort of see skateboard culture moving across the, the region right now, um, culture sort of goes up and down, um, the popularity, the global popularity of stuff like this all goes up and down. Um, but the sort of deep public acceptance in theory typically increases and the tolerance for, and the appetite for these type of stuff generally increases. Mm -hmm. um, if you're taking a look at 2020 versus 2000 or 2003, mm -hmm. um, for sure, it's increased. What do you sort of see for the next 10 years? Um, you know, what, what is your sort of prognosis or? I mean, there's a, there's a really a huge spike right now in the, in the culture. Like a lot of kids are like really into skateboarding nowadays. And, and like the thing is, I think with social media, like the cycles are being uh, faster. I think yeah. like at an all time high right now, but I, I foresee that it might die also as quick as it, as it, as it spiked. Yeah. Um, hope not. But then again, the thing, the thing with that is that you get the people who are really, really, really interested in skateboarding and it's not only for looking cool. Um, yeah, makes sense. I mean, there's, there's always been a skate scene in the Middle East. Like it, it does come and go and it, it goes up and it goes down, but it's always been there. Uh, and so I think that it it will still be there in in ten years, um, uh, but maybe it will be like only the people who are the core skaters. Let's say. Well, uh, Muhammad, thanks so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate your time. Um, I deeply, deeply respect your work. I feel like the work you're doing is um, is how societies change, or how sort of this, as you say, this class is bullshit slowly <laughs> breaks down. Um, so thank you for your work and thanks for taking the time uh, to uh, to share your experience with us, your perspective. You are doing amazing work. Thanks so much for helping us and uh, being so supportive over the years. Yeah, thank you very much and, and uh, good luck with this terrific uh, initiative. Yeah. All right, everybody, stay, stay safe, stay well. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We have new episodes coming every single week. Make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find us at afikra.com for information about all upcoming events. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot. See you next time and stay curious.